Welcome to the Expert Ownership Podcast, where we launch faith-filled entrepreneurs into greater freedom and success. But you know what? It's more than that. We want to help you thrive in the midst of today's cancel culture. Our goal is to raise up workplace warriors who will stand for what they believe in, whatever the cost. You can find out more by visiting expertownership.com. But without further ado, here we go. Welcome back to the Expert Ownership Podcast. This is David. I've got Jason here. We're in our studio in Charlotte, North Carolina, and it's beautiful in the fall. I love this time of year. It's awesome. Today, we're going to talk about the four types of workers. Number one, what, what type of worker are we? Number two, what type of workers do we need to hire in our business and then number three, what type of workers do we want our children to be? Yeah. And Jason, I, I hate to say it, but he actually broke this down into a pretty cool little uh, schematic that's, yeah. that's very well, helpful. We've, we've consulted a lot of businesses <laughs> and uh, entrepreneurs, and they've said, man, that was incredibly helpful. So we're going to do this on the podcast today. So Jason, well, give us the levels you know, of workers. There's nothing original under the sun. So I remember being in church, this was probably, I don't know, a decade ago, and a buddy of mine named Mike Andrews, who owns his own business, did a little teaching on the four different types of workers. And I was like, where did you get that? And he said, well, I borrowed it from some other dude. And I was like, well, I like that. I'm going to change a few things, but I'm going to borrow it. So obviously most everything is borrowed. But when we're talking about the four types of workers, this is so incredibly important because I was consulting a company that's building fast. It's it's just growing like crazy, and they're having a little bit of issues uh, in terms of attrition, and they're having all, you know all just all sorts of stuff that normal businesses would have whenever you're you know you're in the white water. Yeah, you know you're in the raft, and once you once when it's still and calm and everything is it's fine, easy. It's easy, but once you get into the rapids, tons of customers come come um, flowing in, and then you've got complaints and all sorts of stuff. You got to really make sure that things are. Are going well, and you want to make sure you got the right types of people on your team. So the three angles that David talked about. So first is what type of worker are you? The second is what type of workers do you want around you in terms of who do you want to hire? And the third is we don't want to just leave this to a business. Let's talk about family. How how can we raise our kids to be the proper type of worker? So Amen. let's list them in order. Okay, we got one, two, three, four. All right, the number one worker is the best. And you guys have probably heard us talk about this before. We're going to share it again, and we're going to we're going to dive a little bit deeper. Number one, they walk into a room, they see what needs to be done, and they do it. That's that, easy. That's a number one worker. That's a level one worker. Yeah, let's call it a level one worker. Like level one, that there is no better worker than that. There's no better person than that. They see what needs to be done, and they do it. Okay. Uh, level two, they walk into a room, they see what needs to be done. And they ask if they can help. When you say yes, they dive in with a good attitude. A level two worker is a fantastic worker. They're not level one, but they are level two. And they're very, very close. Sometimes a level two is a level two just because they're so incredibly um, considerate. They wouldn't want to just jump in and start getting stuff done. right? They want to ask, like, wait, let me make sure this is okay. So that's cool. But level two worker is fantastic. Now, here's level three. They walk into a room. They see what needs to be done. And they'll do it when you ask. You see the difference? The level two walks in and says, hey, can I help? The level three walks in and sees what needs to be done. Does not ask. They're not going to jump in. But yet when you ask them, yeah, they're fine. They'll do it. 
They have a good attitude about it. And a lot of businesses are loaded with level three workers. Yes. They and just do their tasks and that's it. That's right. So, and I'll tell you why that's important because level three workers are very important to building a business. Okay. You would think, oh, I don't ever want to hire a level three. No, that's not true. You do. Um, but before we get there, let me give you level four. Level four is the person who walks into a room, sees what needs to be done and they leave so that they won't ever be asked. <laughs> to pitch in and help. <laughs> and, and and it's funny because everybody's like, well, I'll never hire a level four. Well, what if that's your kid? Yeah. Uh-huh. You hire them to make them a level three and hopefully to become a level two. Yeah. Well, that's where I was going next. Um, so there is a way to move up the different levels. And we're going to explain that in just a second. So summarize it again. Let level me, one. Let me go back to level four and finish that. And then I'll summarize. Okay. Level four are the types of people that want to live off the government. They're the types of people that are praying for some pandemic again so that they don't have to leave their house. So if they're a public school teacher and uh, they get paid to stay in their house but not really teach, yeah. then, I mean, how many, especially I think it was in Chicago where they talked about all the public school teachers there. They didn't want to go back. They didn't want to go back because they were getting paid the same amount to not work. So Yeah, we did multiple podcasts. I said on one podcast, you're better off going to work for 10 bucks an hour than staying at home and getting double unemployment. Yeah. No, it's just bad. It's just better for your body. It's better. It's the way that God designed us. Yeah. And so again, if if you think work is just about money, then stay home and collect double employment. But work is not work is your primary form of worship because of that money is a byproduct. Okay. It's a carrot that gets us moving in the right direction. But the work itself is our primary form of worship. So here we go. Level one, they see what needs to be done and they do it. Level two, they see what needs to be done, they ask if they can help, and then they do it. Level three, they see what needs to be done, and when you ask, they'll do it, but they're not proactive with it. They're very reactive, but they can handle it. Uh, Level four, they see what needs to be done, and they leave because they don't want to be asked. Okay, now here's the key. Organizations should be led by level ones, managed by level twos, and the day-to-day tasks run by level threes. If you put a level one in a level three task, you're in trouble Mm -hmm. because that level one will either burn the place down or he'll discover your process and go start his own thing. Okay. That's happened to us multiple times. Oh my gosh. So, so, so what do you do? Do you never hire a level one? Because a level one is an entrepreneur, right? Level twos are typically your great managers and level threes are the great employees An employee. The level three is the person who, yeah, they're not going to be, they're, they're not the greatest deductive thinkers, but man, if you already have a system and a process established, and it's very simple, put that level three in there and let them go and you won't hear a single word from their mouth. If you think you have a level one in your business um, and it, you're like, oh man, this is awesome. Let me just tell you this right ahead right now. Yeah. They either need a piece of equity. Yeah. Or, profit share. Or they, yeah. They, profit share first before y- equity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they have to be able to have incredible upside. Yes. Otherwise, they're literally going to discover your process. They're going to leave. Yeah, and I'm coaching a, a couple right now and they're fantastic and, and he works in a business uh, that's owned by another guy, but then because that dude, the dude who owns the main business, is he's he's totally a visionary. He understands like I'm not going to keep this guy around because he's just too good. He's a level one, so he's opening a branch in Florida. Yeah, right. You see what I'm saying? Like smart. That's amazing. That's what you want to do. So you know who gave him that idea? Yeah, you did. Yes. Okay, great. Because <laughs> I was like, you cannot keep no. a level one in a two or a three job. Yeah, you've got to 100% give him some upside tie them to the net profit, give them a little profit share, you know, at some point, maybe equity, if they work into it, that's a pretty big deal, but you have to have some type of upside for them so that they can have a piece and own their own thing. Can I say one thing real quick about level fours? 
I don't know where you're going because I can't yep. see your show no, notes in front of you. That's fine. But on a level four, um, there's a principle in the Bible that Boaz, who was a very wealthy businessman, um, he actually applied this principle that God laid out for the children of Israel. And it said, when you glean your fields, do not glean to the edges of your fields. Save those for the working poor. By yeah. the way, the working poor. It's not yeah. the dude standing on the side of the street. Yeah, if you want to give to somebody, go to the local Waffle House or yeah, a place like and that. hook them up. That's hook right. Them up. That's really, I teach my kids. I'm like, we are, a lot of the servers that serve us in restaurants and stuff, they are, a lot of them are the working poor. Working poor. And so I will hook them up, but I'm not just handing out money to perpetually keep people standing on the side of a street. But anyway, um, so it says, the, the principle is don't glean to the edges of your field. Save room for the working poor. Now, Boaz, who was a very wealthy man, he did this for Ruth, the Moabitess, who went out and was gleaning. And because he was applying that principle, he allowed the working poor to glean to the edges of his field. He was actually, of course, he later married Ruth, and they had uh, a child, uh, Jesse, and Jesse then had a child whose name was David, who became the yeah. king, and Jesus came through the line of David. So Boaz was actually grafted into the lineage of Christ because he applied this biblical principle. Now, how do we apply the biblical principle not glean to the edges of our field? Jason and I talk about, look, first of all, you don't suck every single penny of profit out of your company without a giving plan. You have to have yeah. a giving plan. So you don't glean to the edges of your field, right? You want to be Bottom line driven to a certain extent, but you can't be ultimately bottom line driven to where you're gleaning out all of the money yeah. and you don't save some profit for the working poor. But also the working poor, there are a lot of level fours that you know in your churches that we know that are coming out of our colleges and our high schools. They just need an opportunity. Maybe they were on drugs or maybe they just got out of jail and you can actually save some space in your business to bring in some level fours. As long as they have some good yeah. leadership and good member, mentorship, you can level them up to a level three. That is better than giving them money. Yeah. So that principle right there for a level four really helps you understand that, that your business can be a disciple-making business. Well, levels, level, level three and four, typically they're concerned with money. Now, it's not wrong. Levels one and two, they want opportunity. Money is secondary. Okay, now let me remind you the levels again. Okay, and I, I love listening to Craig Groeschel's podcast. He does it once a month, leadership podcast, and he repeats four or five times during his podcast what his main point is. He's and so it's good. really good because it helps you understand. Okay, level one worker, they see what needs to be done and they do it. Level two, they see what needs to be done, they ask, and then they do it. Level three, they see what needs to be done and they'll do it when you ask. And level four, they see what needs to be done and they leave so that they won't be asked. Now, here's the key. Um, you do not want a one to manage three. You don't want the one to manage a three. They'll fire them. Yeah. Okay. They'll so what is so frustrating? What does that mean? Typically, your level ones are not managers because David and I are level ones all day, every day, to a point where you know it's I've I've managed before and I I have no tolerance and it's bad and it puts me in the way of my weakness somebody calls in sick for the third time in the month and and i'm sitting there going why the heck are you drinking freaking mountain dew yeah like okay like jason now all of a sudden he's getting i'm mad. paying for you to go stay home because you can't stop sucking down that corn syrup but that's wrong of me right i well, it's not it's the, the the sentiment is not wrong but the attitude is wrong it is jerk. and it, it even makes me mad talking about it <laughs> that's why i'm not a manager so david and i realized early on we can't manage 
people if if we're going to grow our business. We got to stay in the visionary seat. We got to stay in the relationship seat in terms of our clients. But we need managers in here. Level twos who are just, they're polite. They're kind. That's why they walk into a room and say, hey, can I help? Because yeah. they don't step on toes. David and I, we step on toes. Yeah. Right? I'm consulting a company and and um, out of Gulfport. And it's an awesome company. I love them. And uh, they probably have maybe 70 employees or so. And and I was on with the uh, the founder and uh, the owner. And he said, um, well, listen, you know, I really need you to come in and help us with some process and all these other things. And as he started talking, the more he talked, I said, okay, how about we do this? How about you not tell me anything? I'll fly out there and figure it out and we'll get moving. He said, okay, that sounds like a plan because yeah. I'm a level one. And, and so if you've got level ones around you, oftentimes you can give them some good vision or you can kind of give them bottom. This is where we want to take the department. This is what we want to do, but you got to get them to help. You got to get them to buy in, get them to start utilizing some of that vision. All right. But Jason, I think twos are where you're focused right now, right? Yeah. So the level twos are great and you want them around you. Now, listen, because we're talking to faith field entrepreneurs here and our job is to help launch you into greater freedom and success, right? Expert owners want to serve God, thrive in business and live a life of impact. And you could, you would like some financial independence along the way because of that. um, We do want to serve the Lord. So ask God to bring to you the right people that will help you get where God wants you to go. And in return, uh, you can help them get where God wants them to go. So we prayed that, and God brought brought us just the right people. Okay, so now level ones, level twos, threes, and fours. Now here's the key, and there's two things that two little uh, nuances I want to bring to this. Number one, people can be more than one number, depending on context. So David and I are level ones. I've told you this. David and I also, when we were teenagers, um, got put it into a work situation. Where we were not level ones, we became almost level fours, but more like level threes when uh, Wyndham Automotive hired us to take care of transmission. <laughs> what did we have to do, man? We had to yeah, take apart transmissions and put them onto a truck and there was oil everywhere. And if you know me and David, not very good with our then hands. And you're probably laughing right now as you're even thinking about me and David doing something with our hands that has any type of technical. Um, Patience. Yeah, whatever yeah. it takes, man. <laughs> it's like, try to figure this out. Or give me a piece of wood and a skill saw and tell me to cut this at a certain, at a 45-degree angle so that I can do a peak, you know? And I'm like, what? Like, what? I know how to plug in the sucker and I can cut straight, but man, I can't think about angles. So you just got to find their sweet so spot. I say that to say this. In that context, David and I were like threes. You know, you got to figure this thing out first and then I can come in and I can do the deal, but I can't figure it out on my own. Okay, but now you take David and I and you put us in an abstract situation that involves thought, that involves like culture, that involves um, you know a business and an industry that certain things need to happen, but it's never happened before, and it needs uh, ingenuity and creativity. David and I thrive in stuff like that. It's like I'll take the abstract and I'll end up with a pattern, right? But I'm not the guy that's gonna that 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 can go do any of that type of stuff and become a and and be a level three, you know. We were level threes when we were dealing with automotive transmissions. We were level ones when it came to starting a business. Okay, so context is key. Context is key. Now, the reason why I say that is because you have to understand what your ability is and what your skill set. So ability is God-given. Your skill set is learned through training. So we want to make sure that we recognize what our giftedness is from the Lord. Right At the same time, we can still sharpen that. We can still sharpen that giftedness and we can learn a skill set. So 
if I'm a one, I'm going to be a one no matter where I go, unless it's a certain context where it puts me in a position where I really don't know what I'm talking about. And I, then I have to learn that skill set. So people can be more than number, more than one number, depending on context. And what that means for you is you might be thinking about employees that you've gotten and you'll say, man, that's got, that guy's a number three. Well, he well, may be a two. Yeah, he's probably a two. Yeah, he may be a give two. Give him some training. Yeah, he may be a two. You know, if he's not a complainer, if he's loyal, which is the number one key component for any employee is loyalty. If he's got loyalty, you know you have his heart or her heart. Then see if you can train him up to be a level two, but it might mean you have to change their context. It might mean you've got them in, in uh, systems, but you need to put them in sales. All right, so that's the first component. The second component is people can move up levels. So the first is you can be more than one number depending on your context. The second is you can move up levels. Okay. As I was doing that consulting uh, last week, that was one of the things that the executives asked. He said, well, can you move up levels? Like, can we, can we take a three and move them to a two? And I, and I said, absolutely you can. Okay. You can because of two things, motivation and inspiration. Okay. First motivation is tied to an external reward that compels you forward. Okay. Follow me motivation is tied to an external reward that compels you forward. Okay. So motivation is all about tangible rewards, which is money. It's money or, um, um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? If not just a raise, but a promotion, right? It's money, it's promotion, it's external and it compels you forward. When King, excuse me, actually before he was King David, when David went out to fight, uh, excuse me, to give, um, food to his brothers and they were they were lined up at the battle line and then he heard Goliath he didn't say anything but then he heard there's a promise that you can make a lot of money and you'll never have to pay taxes and you'll get to marry the king's daughter if you fought and beat the and if you fought and beat the giant and David goes wait a second what is that what what's that what would be given to the man that's motivation it's external okay so if you want somebody to move from a three to a two okay incent them Give them some type of incentive to do that, right? That's that's what motivation looks like. Okay, so we said motivation. It's external reward that compels you forward. Follow me on this. Inspiration is internal reward that propels you forward. Mm. So one is compelling. It's external. It's drawing you. The other is compelling. It's no, pro- inspiration. Pro- propelling. Yeah, propelling. Sorry. It's propelling you, which means it's pushing you forward. It's it's kind of behind you. It's like, like a, a propeller. Yeah, yeah, and so inspiration is all about vision and mission. So motivation is all about tangible monies, m- like money, awards, that type of thing. Inspiration is all about mission and vision. You've got to inspire the people by your mission and vision of your business and what you want to accomplish. That inspiration there is internal. It propels them forward. Even when the company might not be doing so well, they're inspired. And can I just jump in real quick and, and repeat what we've said many times before the difference between mission and vision. And you, you'll get this, a, a bunch of different kind of ways to cut up mission, vision, or purpose statement or whatever. The way we do it is just mission is your what, what are you doing? Yeah. Vision is your why. No, no, no. It's the other it, way. Is it, vision is, is your it, what? No. Mission is your what? Vision it, is your why. So mission, like okay, it's, it's the three uh, guys mixing concrete. You go up to the first guy and you say, what are you doing? He says, mix concrete. And you're like, okay, he knows what he's doing. He's known his, he knows his mission. Number two is you go to the second guy and you say, what are you doing? And he stops and he says, I'm building a building. Okay. He knows a little bit more about what he's doing. So he's got his mission. But then the third guy is you say, well, what are you doing? He stops, puts the shovel down and he says, 
I'm building a, an orphanage that's going to put destiny into the hearts yeah. of a thousand kids. Okay, so now he tro- he knows vision and mission. So he knows what he's doing, not just mixing concrete. You need to know your what and your why. That's right. Your what and your why is key. And that's the inspiration. That's how you can move people up from a level three to a level two. And you know what? You could move a level four up to a level three. Now, look, if if all you have is motivation, which is the external reward, which is money, you can possibly move a level four to a level three. But you'll never get that person to a level two. You have to have inspiration. Mm. That's the internal reward that propels them forward, and it's all tied to mission and vision. So let me make this easy for you guys again. I'm just going to give you the recap just so you can have the show notes. Okay, you guys ready? Level Four levels of workers. Level one, they see what needs to be done, do it. Level two, they see what needs to be done. They ask if they can help, and then they do it. Level three, they see what needs to be done, and they do it without, excuse me. They see what needs to be done, and they will do it when you ask them. And level four, they see what needs to be done and they leave so that they don't ever get asked. You can be two different numbers depending on your context. So get people in the right seats in the bus, okay? And you'll know by your energy levels. If you're feeling more energetic in the position that you're in, you're in your sweet spot. Okay, stay there. If if you're noticing that one of your employees is not feeling energetic, they're kind of lethargic or whatever, you might need to move them into a different position. So that's context. And then the final thought. You can move up levels, but you have to do it through motivation and inspiration. Motivation is external. Inspiration is internal. Motivation is external reward that compels you forward. It's tied to money, tangible reward. Inspiration is the internal reward that propels you forward. It's tied to mission and vision. When you understand these things, it is going to help your business move forward. That's amazing. I actually like that. Jason, you're not worthless. Hey, but what, what's truly not worthless is the fact that Christian Healthcare Ministries sponsors our podcast. They are a great teammate of ours. Expertownership.com slash CHM. They'll help you with all of your healthcare needs. Yeah. We love them. Hey, let um, me say one more thing too. David and I, uh, so we travel a lot. And what we've discovered is there are times where we could probably take another person with us on one of our trips, meet some of the people that uh, we're meeting and backstage with us in the green room and also at the same time consult you on your business. If that's something that you're interested in, a one or two day trip, uh, we've got about 25 trips planned for 2024. If, you, if you're if you a faith-filled business owner and you want to spend a day or two days with us, reach out to John at expertownership.com, J-O-H-N at expertownership.com, right. and he'll tell you all about that. In the meantime, subscribe, rate, review, shoot this out to your friends, your pastors, and hopefully uh, this is a blessing to many people. Okay, own it or loan it, Jason. Probiotics. Daily own. probiotics. Own that sucker. You take them? Own it. Oh, heck yeah. Why? Yeah, because it's good for your gut. Okay. At least that's what Tori tells me. Yeah, Lori told me the same thing, so I take probiotics every single day. I don't know. I don't know if it helps me or not, but anyway, I heard uh, I heard it once said that it's the cumulative value of small things that makes all the difference. So if I eat a Twinkie today, I'm not going to be fat tomorrow, but if I do it every single day for 365 days, I am assured that I probably will gain a little fat. If I run a mile today, on the other hand, I'm not going to be in shape tomorrow, but I'm certain that if I run a mile every single day for 365 days, you see, it's the accumulation of your small decisions that makes all the difference. So yeah. that's why I'm doing probiotics anyway. I, I don't get anything for that. I should have had a, like a, a probiotic pill or something or some somebody sponsor me. Anyway, okay, God bless you guys. We will see you on the next podcast. Peace. I've been really-